raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. So it appears as though, by the way, Adrian Wojnarowski is going to join us shortly. He has an event coming up tomorrow night at the Vogue. It gets underway at 8 o'clock, the Woj podcast, uh, live with Tyrese Halliburton. And things get underway at 8 o'clock. Grant Hill going to be there as well. You can attend at the Vogue. It is 21 and over. It is uh, $50 per ticket to go see the Woj podcast live with Tyrese Halliburton and Adrian Wojnarowski, who, when it comes to essentially NBA news, needs no introduction. It goes without saying. Um, and so basically, I will just say that what we just said serves as exactly that, the introduction for Adrian Wojnarowski, who joins us now and will be at the Vogue tomorrow night. Adrian, first and foremost, uh, have you been to the Vogue, Vogue before? Because it's a cool as hell establishment. You know, hey, guys, first of all, thanks for having me on. I have not been there. I've seen photos of it and talked to folks who think, especially some people who've lived in Indiana, who've moved on, who hit me uh, when they saw that we were doing the pod uh, live podcast there. We're just really excited about that as a venue for this. So Tyrese Halliburton, Grand Hill, it's, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I love, I've, I love big events in Indiana. I've been the final fours there. I think all-star weekend will be awesome there. And uh, I, I think that's going to be a great venue uh, for people to, you know, get, get pretty up and close with, with, uh, you know, really one of the big stories of this NBA season. And obviously, you know, the story uh, for the Pacers and Tyrese Halliburton and, and, of course, Grant Hill, too. So let's go back to how this all came about, Adrian, because, as you mentioned, Tyrese Halliburton has had a meteoric rise here in terms of becoming in the national forefront for players. Obviously, the All-Star game being here facilitated that, but how did you put it together to get Tyrese Halliburton, and do you believe, in fact, that he is the kind of personality, not just good for a podcast, but one that can get players to come to Indiana. He's already done it. I mean, I, uh, uh, Pascal Siakam, a big part of why he was so open to the trade to Indiana, why he's so open to the idea of re-signing with the Pacers, was to play with Tyrese Halliburton. And um, I hear it all over the league. I hear it from players. I hear it from their agents. Uh, you can't get them all. You know, it's, it's like you can – Guy can want to play with you, but there's constraints, right? It's not AAU basketball. You can't just, hey, I'm going to start playing for those guys next weekend. But I think it's a player like Pascal Siakam. And then, the you know, as you build the pieces around them, the young players developing in Indiana, and then as you add guys, um, who he is, how he plays, how he leads um, is inviting for players. And it's a huge reason why, Indiana's where it's at now and why they can keep building this team because um, he makes it easy for everybody. Uh, he's easy to play with. He's easy to be around. And uh, there's an, a, there's a magnetism to Tyrese Halliburton that, you know, you don't have to be a player or his coach or his general manager or president to see it. You're a fan. You, you, everybody sees it and, and you know it when you see it. And so I think, I think for, Halliburton for the Pacers, um, you know, listen, it's not an accident Pascal Siakam ended up in Indiana, that his, that the confidence the organization had that they could trade for him, and this is a player who wanted to be there and wanted to resign was huge because you wouldn't give up 
you know, in a, in a market like Indiana, where typically it is not easy to, uh, number one, it's not easy to attract big free agents. Number two, there are very few big free agents who go into free agency anymore. Most of this stuff is done by trade. And so if you're going to give up what they gave up for Siakam, you want to have some confidence, you can keep the guy. And and they have that confidence, and a big part of that is is Halliburton, though. Adrian Wojnarowski is our guest. Woj, for you, what is more satisfying in your news-breaking landscape? Because we all have your notifications turned on for a reason. Is it free agency? Is it the trade deadline? Is it the draft? Or do you get the most excitement on breaking news? <laughs> it's the next one. I know it's <laughs> it's the next one. I, I, I really look at it. Like, my excitement is in the next one, whichever one is coming next. I don't weigh them they all have different levels of gravity there's no question but um i just try to keep focused on what's coming next and it comes pretty fast in this league from trade deadline to end of the season Uh, you know there's news around obviously coaching cycle into the draft free agency i think this is going to be a really i think around this draft around this free agency it's not a great free, it's probably not going to be a great free agency class, which means you're going to have a lot of trades. And I think you'll have a lot of pick, a lot of trades, uh, picks on the board of players moving around. Uh, you're just seeing fewer and fewer big name players go into free agency. I think the sense is I will take the money now. I will fix the destination later, right? Because you can make, you can, you can get paid at a higher level by resigning and then you can ask for a trade or you'll get traded. And so you're seeing fewer and fewer high level players really go into free agency. That doesn't mean you don't have them, but it's not quite what it was. And so you better be ready um, and preparing at all times for, you know, just the calendar of news that just, just keeps coming at you. Adrian Wojnarowski is our guest. Again, the Woj pod live is going to be tomorrow night at the Vogue. Everything gets underway at eight o'clock doors open at seven Tickets are available at Vogue.com. Again, it is a 21 and over event because it's a nightclub, but it's, uh, I think most people in Indy know, one of the best in town, the Vogue. A lot of great memories at the Vogue. And you can create your own tomorrow night, just $50 a ticket, $7, uh, 7 o'clock, excuse me, the doors open, 8 o'clock, everything gets underway. Tyrese Halliburton, Woj, and Grant Hill. Adrian, when you talk about Pascal Siakam, let's say for the sake of the conversation that in fact... Indiana is able to extend him. Do you think that the Pacers then go out and via trade or whatever it may be are still looking for kind of that third running mate to go with that tandem? Or do you think Indiana feels they may have it with their younger pieces that just simply need to blossom a la Benedict Matherin, Aaron Neesmith, Andrew Nimhard combination thereof? Yeah, I think it's the latter. I, I like This is a salary cap especially in smaller markets where you're not seeing, you're not going to see teams up in the second apron in small markets um, that you can pay two max players. You can have two stars and, you know, miles Turner is significant on significant player borderline all-star this year. You could have made a case for him as one of the all-star reserves um, or somebody who could have been a replacement. Uh, but yeah, I think if you're the Pacers, you want to see it with Ben Mather and you want to see the growth of those young players there's not really a world where you're going out and getting a third star. You just can't build a roster and a payroll around that in this new age. And so 
that was the league's goal when they negotiated the CBA. They wanted that second apron, which essentially makes it so prohibitive to be up in that second tier of luxury tax because they wanted to spread the players around the league. So instead of Pascal Siakam, instead of the Warriors or the Clippers or the Lakers going, hey, we're a big market team, we don't care how much luxury tax we have to pay. We can, we can bring on or keep that third star or that fourth star. You can't really do that anymore. And so that only creates more momentum for players like an all-star level player like Pascal Siakam to, to land in one of those non-glamour markets. And players are going to see with cap space, if they want to get paid at the highest level, if they want a max deal, it's may not, it may not be in the, let, let's say the five or six really big markets. You're probably going to have to go to a smaller market to get it. And they will, they will. And so, um, so I think it's good for parity. It's good for smaller markets like Indiana. And I think there's a core there for the Pacers that you've seen that they can keep a group together here. They can build around it. And um, I'll tell you what, I know one team up the road in Milwaukee that does not want to see them in the first round of the playoffs, right? Yeah, like, they've had their number, right? Yeah, like they don't, they don't want to see the Pacers. Um, and so uh, they're not going to be an easy out in this postseason. Uh, they played Boston really tough. They played, you know, they've, they've been terrific. And I think Rick Carlisle, we talk about coach of the year candidates. Rick Carlisle should be in that conversation. I think he has transformed this organization. And, you know, obviously bringing in Halliburton was a huge part of that. Um, and this team will get better defensively. Siakam helps them become better defensively. Um, this isn't, Rick Carlisle, this isn't the Rick Carlisle basketball that, you know, you, you think of through the years, but what Rick has done is adjust with the talent he had, see that he could play faster and at a speed with Halliburton um, that gave them a pathway to win. And he's got, you know, a historically good offense and a defense that they know that needs to get better. Siakam helps them do that. Young players tend to defend a little better as they go along in their career, and there's certainly some play, you know, some pieces around the edges you can bring in over time that that will help them on that end of the floor. Adrian, did you ever watch Adrian Wojnarowski? Is our guest? It probably would have been when you were at St. Bonaventure, maybe shortly thereafter. But like when The Sixth Sense came out, or any of those movies by M. Night Shyamalan, when he had like that run of of movies, do you ever get into any of those? I never, I've never seen any of that. Oh wow! My, okay, my movie history is limited. I'm the guy who watches the same movie 50 times instead of watching the new one. I don't, I don't know what <laughs> no, you've that says seen, about me. <laughs> okay, hold on. You've seen Shawshank <laughs> yeah. Redemption, correct? Yes. Yeah, I've seen that. Okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. these guys have not. But here's the point I'm making. That guy, in the, that director in all of his movies, at the end of them, they have this like surprise ending, and you're like, oh my gosh, how did I not see that coming? Okay? Over the course of the movie, nobody ever thought the surprise ending would be that Paul George could end up back in Indiana. Now, is that simply <laughs> Hollywood script, or is that an actual movie that could play out before our very eyes? <clears throat> I think that because of the success they're having in L.A., and that Paul George, they have been waiting through lots of injuries, lots of frustration, to have the kind of season that they're having with the Clippers, that I think he's motivated to get a deal done. The Clippers are motivated to get a deal done. They have not gotten a deal done. And certainly the longer it goes, like there's a chance I listen, if we are in, if Paul George makes it somehow into July, 
yeah, like then it's then you'd go, okay, like it becomes more real. We can we can look at the teams who have cap space and who would be teams where you could win or make the case for Philly's one of them, Indiana's one of them. Uh, Orlando could have cap space. I don't know if that's the direction they want to go, but, but that's a really good team. Uh, you know, like if you want to make the case for it. But I think that Paul George wants to be where he is. The Clippers certainly want to keep him. But these are negotiations, and so they have time, and they'll negotiate. But I think it's more of a product of this new – we talked about it – this new cap where if you're going to just max out – your 30-something-year-old veterans, um, you know, they have to re-sign James Harden. Like, it is hard to put a roster around them. And so you saw Kawhi Leonard take less than the max. It sure seems like they would like Paul George to do that. And so it's a negotiation. Where's the number they can all land on? Uh, But, again, if this thing drags out and there's no deal done, then I think it's something that's not inconceivable but I still think there is – those are two sides motivated to figure it out. Um, I would still bet that they figure it out together. NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski is our guest. Again, the Woj Pod live at the Vogue tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. You can still get your tickets at thevogue.com slash events for $50, 21 and over. Grant Hill will join him along with Pacers superstar Tyrese Halliburton. Adrian – you mentioned how the second apron has taken away that big three era that was designed by the league and the owners in, a, in large part for competitive balance and make it harder to create the, the big three era super team. And with the Pacers already having a lot of money tied up next offseason, assuming they're able to retain Pascal Siakam and Miles Turner already being on the books and the rookie extension of Tyrese Halliburton kicking in, they're going to have to operate like a lot of teams, not just small market teams in the margins and get creative with how they want to add more depth in today's NBA with where the cap situation is, what matters more to today's role player, more money or good situation? I think money's number one, but I think if good situation becomes more important, deeper in your career, I think think when players have made a lot of money and they haven't won yet, or they've won and don't want to be in bad situations, I think that, um, and it also means how much more money, right? Significantly more money or maybe just a little bit more. But I do think, though, that it's easier to stay somewhere you are when you like it and you're comfortable than to maybe chase a little bit more somewhere where there's so much uncertainty in in a different place. And so I think for good organizations, the best recruiters for any team are the players they have because they all talk. And they know how different players feel about different situations. And the word is out. Like you want to play with Tyrese, right? You want to play with this group and uh, that's a good thing. And so it's good to keep the guys you have. And then as you add, you know, especially when you get in the margins and there's a player with five or six offers that are all, maybe it's the mid-level exception. Maybe it's um, maybe it's minimum deals where everything being equal and the money's not different. I think Indiana can now make a case of like, we're going to, and the other thing too is, can they improve my value when you're scoring in numbers, when you can be in a place where you go somewhere on a one-year deal, you want your value to improve. You want to be in a place where the coach gets the most out of you. That's one of Rick Carlisle's great gifts as a coach. You've seen it throughout his career. Look at all the guys who are having career years 
he did it in Dallas a lot. And, and I think that has value too. that. You're not going to come to a place and he's going to figure out what you do. Well, maximize it. And that's, that's why he's a hall of fame coach. So I think all of those factors are helpful for the Pacers. Um, and, you know, I think that's going to benefit them as they keep trying to build this roster going forward. Senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski is our guest. Woj, there's two players on the Pacers that I want to ask you about that could be in different situations next year. There's a couple players that could, but two I want to focus on are Obi Toppin, who's a restricted free agent this coming offseason, and Jalen Smith, who has a player option of about 5.4. From my vantage point, if I was Jalen Smith, I'd want to opt out of that. See, maybe if I can make a little bit more money, maybe he stays with Indiana. Who knows? But let's say he opts out and Obi Toppin's a restricted free agent. They're both power forwards. They both do similar things. Maybe Obi's upside is a little different because of the way he plays and his ability as an outside shooter. When you look at those two pieces, though, a restricted free agent, Obi Toppin, and Jalen Smith hitting the open market in this scenario... Do you envision teams having any interest in them to where the Pacers could have to make a tough decision of who they want to match and who they want to re-sign? Yeah, and it only takes one team. Especially restricted free agency is tricky. Um, it's hard. Typically, restricted free agency, you have to overpay to get a guy um, because teams are just going to match so they don't lose the asset, and then they can always trade a player later. And so that's why sometimes you see these really big balloon restricted free agency offers and typically then they still get matched. Uh, but uh, yeah, Jalen Smith's interesting that the Pacers, you know, they didn't want to give him up in the Siakam trade. They were able to hold on to him. Uh, certainly both players are going to have value, whether it's in Indiana or elsewhere. Uh, but, you know, again, so there's so many factors on why a player stays or goes and there's no question money's important. And, and typically guys aren't, especially younger players, or players who say, hey, this is my best chance to get one at least one big deal. That's going to usually dictate it. But all things being equal, I think, again, this is a fun place to play. Um, you know, certainly, I think for Jalen Smith, um, you know, he's got probably a little more freedom in what he's doing because he's not restricted. He can, like you said, he's got an option. And so I, it'll be interesting. Those are all going to be the hard decisions you have to make. And teams... I think you're seeing players on shorter contracts generally and a little more turnover on NBA rosters than you used to see. It's starting to feel a little more like football with shorter deals, guys cycling in and out of free agency every year. And it's hard to have the continuity on the roster that, you know, maybe you would love to have. You're just, you're just going to have guys on shorter deals moving, moving in and out. And the good thing for the Pacers is they've drafted well, they have developed their guys. And so when you lose a veteran, and you have young guys developing who are still on cheap contracts or guys you don't have to pay extension money to for some time. You're on these controllable contracts, they call them. You know, that's how you do it because typically always you're going to overpay in free agency. If you're bringing in a player from the outside, usually you're paying a little more to get them um, than if you're just re-signing a guy keeping your own. Lastly, Adrian, I know that you've got uh, to get on television here at the top of the hour, so appreciate the time. This is the time of year. When you get done tomorrow night with the podcast that gets underway at 8 o'clock at the Vogue, doors open at 7, people can be there for just $50 to watch with you, Tyrese Halliburton, and Grant Hill. Um, when you get done with that and we go through the All-Star game and then the season resumes, and I know there's basketball between now and then, but 
that's the time of year sometimes where teams all of a sudden gel together that just weren't healthy or they're young and then comes spring you go oh wow these guys are a totally different team than they were in october november december and now there's something to be reckoned with that team this year could be who that's a good question um Cleveland's already doing it. They got healthier faster than you. Uh, they went on a run faster than you thought they would coming off of those injuries. I think Golden State is starting to hit some stride, too. I think they lost lots of close games. Draymond is back and playing really well. Uh, Clay Thompson, certainly they need him on track. But Jonathan Kaminga has been awesome. And you see the patience they had with him. And uh, obviously, Steph Curry is still Steph. I think that's a team... It's not the young team, but it's the team that I think is going to get a second wind at this. Uh, I think they're one. And, you know, you've, you've seen it. You know, the, the team last year that kind of did that was Miami late. They've been so beaten up and have just been had guys, uh, an amazing win last night in Milwaukee, down so many guys. You never count them out if they get their guys healthy. But, uh, again, I think – so much of the playoffs, too, is matchups, and we talked about it earlier. Uh, I don't know that Indiana wants to drop down and be the seventh seed. There's no reason that you don't want to just keep climbing the standings, but you know the Bucks don't want to see them in a 2-7 right. series. And so uh, I do think this is a Pacers team as they get healthy, get guys back, get some rest over this all-star break. Uh, they're going to be um, – you know, Tyrese is himself again. He went through – uh, the hamstring issue there for maybe about a month where it was dogging him. And now it seems like he's, you know, uh, he's back to full strength. Um, you know, the Pacers may end up being that team. And of course, Pascal Siakam really settling in and, and getting comfortable. Um, it, it, again, it might be right there in Indiana. The last three shows that I have seen at the Vogue are too short, Colin Hay and public enemy. So no pressure. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad I've got Tyrese Halliburton and Grant Hill to carry me, but I appreciate right. it, guys. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to see people. Indiana, there's no better basketball community uh, anywhere. And I've been at the five covered Final Fours there and loved it. And I used to bring my son to, we used to go out in the summer and go to Tom Crean's basketball camps. So and my son was younger and, and drove, you know, have driven the state and stopped in all the towns where there were great players from. And like, I love doing that. And so I think having an all-star game there is going to be awesome. I know the community is going to rally around this. And, and I think having Tyrese Halliburton, a pacer, as a starter in this game, and, I mean, he's going to be the mayor of Indianapolis this weekend, and we're, we're lucky to have him on that pod Thursday night uh, to kind of kick the weekend off. If Grant Hill can finish the lobs that you throw to him like he did from Bobby <laughs> Hurley in the Dome in 91 to start the Final Four, you're in good shape, Woj, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, appreciate the time. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Adrian Wojnarowski joining us on the program again tomorrow night. Vogue.com is the website where you can get tickets. Doors opening at 7 o'clock and the event getting underway at 8 o'clock. Tyrese Halliburton will be there as well. Live podcast with Adrian Wojnarowski. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.